At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Let's get ready to rumble! Innovation jam-packed show today. All right, so let's try to set the stage here for this BBIG thing. Uh, and, and, and let me do my best my best to walk you through the timeline of the events of, of last night and this morning. And then when we get Ted on, he can clarify what exactly has gone down. So I'm going to share my, my Benzinga pro. There we go. So, okay, well, let's start with last night. Uh, okay. So I've got, I'm in my Benzinga pro. This is a news feed of press releases and sec filings. That's all this is. And I searched for BBIG. So what do we have last night? We have three different eight K's right form eight. Three different 8Ks last night um, around uh, at out between 516 and 526 p.m. You you all have seen these by now. The middle one is the one that says that the CEO uh, has resigned. The CFO has resigned and several board members have have resigned. That's what the 8K said. Um, That's kind of all that the 8K said. Right. Um, There it is. Chris Ferguson resignation as a CEO. Brett, Brett Roman, resignation to CFO, um, and, and then Lisa King w- was appointed. So new CEO, th- you know, this was out in the AK last night, okay? Let me, that, that was at 5.16 p.m. Let's go to the chart here. Let's pull up a chart of BBIG. You can see the reaction right away to the filing, not to any media reports, not to any tweets or any articles, to the filing, immediate, okay? Right there. That's why the stock went down. Okay. Fast forward a little while. Uh, I'm going to go to a different newsfeed now. This is just a newsfeed of Benzinga Pro headlines from our news desk. Um, five, this is the best part of Benzinga Pro is we have receipts for everything. 5.49 p.m. was our first headline on, on, on BBIG. 5.49 p.m. At that point, the stock had already actually bottomed. It had already bottomed for the, for, for the after-hour session. Right, and this is right there. We actually bottom ticked it. That's pretty impressive. So, so we we post about the the 8K at 5:49. We post a little longer version of an article at 6:06. Okay. Fast forward to this morning, 12 hours later, right? 6:18 a.m. Let's go back to my my press release feed. It was actually 6:15. 6:15 a.m. 12 hours after the filing, 13 hours after the filing. Math is hard. And they and they come out with this press release and they clarify. Well, they, they provide more color on 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 the move the the news from yesterday, uh, what Chris is actually doing, what Brett's actually doing, what Lisa's actually doing. Um, Thirteen hours after the fact, and so can we pull up? Here's let's go back to my chart. Let me zoom out. This is a one minute chart, by the way. Um, it, it really wasn't a reaction to the press release this morning. But you, I, I guess, if you zoom out and you, you, you can say the fact that, let's zoom in here. The fact that we're trading higher today is in itself a reaction to the press release. Um, but clearly, the market is confused about this. A lot of you people in the chat have been following the story a lot more closely than I have. 
and, and then Aaron has. Um, so you you probably understood this better than you know the the, the market. But if the press release this morning is saying that you know these are these are planned resignations, there's nothing really new here. Well, the, the market did not know that the 8K was not clear. If that's the case, but in any case, we're going to get Tana on in a few minutes to clarify. Hopefully, clarify what exactly happened here, because uh, this is confusing stuff. You've got three 8Ks plus a press release, and they they come out on different days. Um, it's a little bit it's a little bit confusing. So, so so that's the story. Everyone was like shitting all over us last night, as if we were the reason the stock was down. We... Yeah, I mean, I, I was going to ask Spencer. I mean, say we live in an alternative universe where, uh, you know, Benzinga doesn't exist. Benzinga Pro doesn't exist. Yeah, these eight Ks still go out last night, correct? Yeah, eight Ks were out last night. Again, let's pull, I'll pull up the timestamp here. So the eight Ks hit the tape. There's three of them. The first one at five sixteen p.m. The second one twenty seconds later. Right, right here is where I'm at. So wait, go back to so Tuesday, five sixteen p.m. This eight yep. k hit, and that would hit any, you know, uh, was there a PR that went out with that or no? No, 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 no press release last night. Just three SEC filings, three eight ks with the SEC, and and they they said different things, right? Uh, one of them talked about you know spinoff. One of them talked about the 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 news that actually matters. I think, though, again, I'm not quite clear, which is why we invited Ted on the show today, um, but. You, it's confusing. You would think with news of this nature that there would have also been an accompanying press release or they would have clarified a lot of confusion in any case. Um, but you did see the stock react to the 8Ks last night quickly. It was immediate, which means that, um, you know, the, it, it means what the chart shows. It means that the market thought that this was bad news. I don't actually know if it was. Hopefully Ted can explain it. Got it. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to see the, the viewpoint that, uh, all right. So Brent Slava in the chat saying Benzinga pro also reported timely when the press release was issued in the morning. Um, and like you said, Spencer, yep. I mean, the stock's been trading up all day today, up about 9% from where it opened. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm excited to get Ted on, see, you know, his, his explanation for everything that went down. Um, it, it sounds like, maybe even just the, the market in general wasn't aware that these resignations had been planned, correct? I mean, that's what you could imply from the chart, right? Right. I, and I guess my question for Ted, uh, if that really, if that's the case, is this whole thing could have been avoided if they had just clarified that in, in, in the 8K. In the 8Ks that right. these were planned. But, the, that these... but that's the point, is they didn't say that in the 8K. I can show it to you. They it didn't say anything. It just said there was more color this morning in the press release than there was in the three filings last night. So basically so, the way I'm seeing it, Spencer, is, wait, do we still have, here, let me, I'm sharing my Benzinga Pro now. So we okay. have the 8K come out. Um, you know, obviously the the resignations, a lot of times not great sign for a company. The right. stock trades off. Then we put out a headline saying the stock is plummeting, which is just reporting on what has happened. Um, so <laughs> and, and, and like I said, I'm pretty sure we bottom ticked it, <laughs> which is actually impressive. Yeah, I, if you look at the time of that post, what was that? Five, four. Uh, the, the post where we put the headline out after the AKs was about six oh six oh six p.m. Okay, and then the the the, the bottom last night was made at 
Uh, I lost my, I took my one minute chart off the screen, but it was made somewhere around there, which is, which is interesting. In any case, it was made right around like 545. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, look, the stock's been performing well today. Like I said, up about 9% um, from its open. Let me get a, a, even a shorter timeframe chart on here. So yeah, I mean, let's uh, Spencer, I I see Ted hanging out. I think let's just get, get to it. Let's just bring Ted on. I think enough of us blabbing. I I agree. I, I see Ted backstage. Let's just, Let's just get get Ted Farnsworth on the show here. There he is. Ted How are you guys doing? How are you? Good. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm still hoarse from our dandelion uh, festival up here, right. so my voice is a little hoarse, but All right. well, I'm doing pre- great. How are you guys doing? We appreciate you taking time today. Uh Let's start with this. Can you clarify the filings that were out last night? You guys announced a bunch of stuff. CEO resigned, (laughs) CFO resigned, board members resigned. Was that all planned? Resignations? Oh my gosh, it's been planned for it's been planned for almost since we started this for months and months. Where it was a natural transition. So, for instance, Chris Ferguson, the CEO now, and Brett, the CFO. First of all, all the management staying intact. I mean, I literally been on the phone with Chris probably three or four times today alone. Um, just and really what he's doing is coming in the field to help us to grow the business on that side. And then Lisa King really being the new CEO is all about operations, executing internally while we're out building the business. So this has been planned for months okay. and months and months. Um, so, and Chris so, and Lisa ahead, have been sorry. working together for yeah. quite some time during the whole process as well. Okay. Um, there appears to be some some confusion, though, right, in in the market, right? Uh, if if you well, that's what it, shorts love to do. Somebody what? reports the eight K, and they'll start running with their own stories till we get our press release out and start to clarify the story. Right. But go ahead. Right. So so Mike. So the eight Ks were out last night. The press release was out this morning. You know, ninety nine times out of a hundred, you see an eight K, and you see that the CEO and the CFO are resigning. You don't even think. You just, you react, right? So, so, right. So, um, you clarified the, that was our bad, but by the way, for, it really should have gone out with the press release at the time. We didn't have all the sign offs on that. So the AK went out because of the time limits and knowing we're going to do it. We didn't think, you know, obviously in, in hindsight, you always look at that stuff, but the, the press release was already in the works, already in legal for process and everything else. And we're sitting here looking at it. They're not resigning at all. We're, we're taking the board from Vinco and moving them over to Immersive to a brand new startup. I think that's the best thing in the world for the shareholders because you have a proven board, a proven CEO, and a proven CFO. And then Brian being the one with, with uh, Vinco before, who's now going to be the CEO of the new company. Everybody's intact, but you're surrounding Brian, the new CEO, with the best possible board, the best CFO who they've been doing this for years together. So our natural thing was to push that, to put them in the new subsidiary that we're spinning out, give it the best chance of success that it could have. And then, um, so, and everybody's still intact. And Chris will be out on the road with us, just building a business day to day, just what we're doing. You so know, the, so I, guess, I guess, why not clarify that in, in the 8K last night? Well, two things. That's, it's a great question. I've had that a bunch of times. The 8K and the press release are two different things. Your 8K is always very factual for all the SEC filings, the regulations, the timelines, factual. This is what it is. Is it a 
tender your resignation. It is because that's what it is and that's what the law calls it. However, it's really a handoff and he's staying in the company. All of them are staying and we're just shifting the management around. And this has gone on. This whole management plan has been planned now for several months of what to do. But you're right about that. Most people ask that and they don't realize they're two different things, the press release. But normally you would put your press release with the AK. So when we put out the press release is really to clarify the bullet points of that Chris is here on a three-year deal. You know, I mean, look, what when we came together months before that, working with Chris and everybody at Vinco, and we decided to come together with, with those guys. We've been, look what we've built as a team. Why would you break up the team? It's like it's like having an NBA basketball team championship or a Super Bowl team. Why in the world would you break up that team? It's the opposite. You know, you, it's almost like special teams, right? You push them over here to make sure as we're pushing over here the new company that we're spinning out. You absolutely, we're all going to have shares in that. So you absolutely want to make sure that has the best shot to go forward. And um, so I'm thrilled with where it is. And Lisa King is an amazing executive, um, you know, came up through Dick's Sporting Goods when they had three stores, et cetera, has her own book, done done incredibly well. And I've worked with Lisa for probably the last four or five years on multiple projects. And really, it was really about her time to to shine and to really show the world what she can do. So, so were you surprised then to see the reaction last night to – uh, clearly to the 8k right oh yeah yeah because but you know what in all fairness even like with nobody like like you guys like benzinger or cnbc or whatever you only see the facts of the 8k so that's what you report well that's what you everyone that's what everybody saw last night <laughs> right now i know right I right know, right but but what i'm saying is like it's not anybody doing it maliciously now the shorts will run with it they'll do their own thing and try to spin their own story and keep shorting the stock or whatever it is. And then everybody will feed into that or they won't. But the one thing you got to remember, like, as you know, you know, where like the Reddit crowd and all this stuff, these guys are way more sophisticated than people give them credit for. They understand what's going on. They know it's about the name change. Why change the name to Zash? Well, yesterday, Facebook announced that they're changing their name. Last time I checked, Mark Zuckerberg, well, he's like, you know, strategic on so to us even with that with the name change it's to clarify the story so there's no more like vinco zvv this that or and it's really to consolidate the story all one company all under one company all the management and the boards are all intact and working side by side with each other and look we got 62 percent of the vote of you know last week or whatever whatever date it was was to do that and then the other was pushing because i'm sure you guys are getting the same questions is as you're taking cryptide and you're pushing it down the road which we don't like doing that but we also to make sure it's a tax-free exchange and when the shareholders get those shares on that public company they're free trading shares you know and so that dividend to them is really worth something it's not a you know that you're just not that you're just thinking about it and you're trying to do it so it's a very well thought out pattern and definitely we have learned lessons along the way just for the fact of growing, you know, so quick, so fast. Um, but besides that, it's it's like I'm thrilled to have the management teams and everybody all going full speed ahead. We all were a little shocked for the reaction of it. I mean, we knew there'd be some some reaction, but you know, so, we so shocked. Ted, what's the I guess like lesson learned here? Is it to put out, make sure the press release is ready to go out with these eight Ks, or wait till the next morning to put out these eight <laughs> Ks? I mean, I, I 
I, Listen, you know what? That's a great question. And I'll tell you, and this is on the record. I was talking to Lisa King last night. I said, your lesson here is you never put out an 8K without a press release attached to it to explain it, to clarify. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that happened of going through the process of switching boards or whatever it was. And it was nobody. And look, Chris, everybody, they, they felt horrible. And I said, guys, it's okay. It's like when we started out in this journey, literally you had like a $20 million market cap. I don't know, you know, eight, nine months ago. It's like the market will figure out as we keep telling the story exactly what we're doing as we're acquiring companies and things like that. Ted, uh, the chat, all they really want to know about it is, is the spinoff date uh, for Tide. Speaking of 8Ks, that was actually the first 8K last night. That that hit before the other ones where you announced that the new record date is going to be is changed to October 22nd. Clarify the timeline for us here. It was, look, it's out there on the 8K. And uh, it was um, whatever the date was on there. But the reason why it got pushed out was exactly what I said, was with the lawyers and everybody else sitting here saying, look, you want to give, when you give this dividend, you want it to be a tax-free exchange for the shareholder, as well as you want it to be free trading for the shareholder. And um, he's pulling it up right now, I see. I love yeah, it. Yeah, so, so here, Real time. He, he, he's right. pulling it up. I'll just read it to you directly, okay? Yep. Um, upon successful completion of the standalone audit, the company anticipates filing the Form 10K the week of October 25th with a record date of approximately 60 days post-filing, which would be on or about December 27th. Again, Correct. all in the 8K, guys. All right there. Right, right. And, and what people will do is the shortest will grab that and just grab, oh, another delay, whatever. Da, da, da. And it's it's so methodical. Look, our law firms are Greenberg, Trowick, and, and Vinco's got their law firms, and T.L. Piper. You have great, great, people around us that sit here and give us advice on these things of how to do it and what's best for the shareholder. We don't always make the right decision. We never will. It's like, you're always going to have like a mess up like this. But to your point, when I was talking to Lisa last night, I said lesson number one, you never put out an AK without a press release. And uh, that was our bad on our side. And look, we're moving a million miles a minute. Um, and uh, I, I knew the AK was going out. I wasn't really thinking about the press release I thought it was going to be attached to it, but it's like, you'll see over the next few weeks, all the different things we got going on. I mean, we're a little busy. <laughs> just to say. I mean, go ahead. Okay. So I, I, I hope that we're going to be seeing some filings and press releases to, to, to go with them. Oh, you will. You yeah, absolutely okay. will. Okay. And look, I love coming on your guys show to clarify stuff and anytime where, you know, there's confusion and then confusion breeds confusion. So what I'm saying is, when you see what's going on behind Zash, it's like you would never break up this team. You'd, you'd be crazy to break up this team. What we've built together as a team, Vinco, Zash, and all of our companies together over the last several months is, you know, it's phenomenal in the pace that we're going at. And also the companies that we're acquiring and things is real, like AdRiser and, uh, you know, things like that. Lamotive is doing phenomenal. You're going to see the whole, you know, refacing of Lamotive, some rebranding, all that stuff. Uh, coming up here shortly. So in our numbers for revenue is they had, you know, Vinco had very small revenues over the years. You're going to see, you know, pretty significant growth going forward here in on the revenue side. We're testing out all kinds of things on the ad platform. Could not be happier with AdRiser where that's going. I mean, that's just a machine in itself. And that really is like Google AdWords and Facebook where 
that's going to drive revenue from Lamoda. But even on its own, it drives, you know, revenue. Okay, I, I, I'm just trying to clarify some stuff from the chat here. So let me read you all again directly, and then I'll ask Ted. Uh, sure. I'm going to read from the filing, the 8K, the, the, the one about uh, Tide. And it says, the company anticipates filing the Form 10 the week of October 25th with a record date of 60 days from there. So you still don't have a firm date yet, right? Correct? No, you, we do. I mean, unless something comes up that we don't foresee. I mean, you, you never put like the exact date just because if something happens, you know, God okay. forbid one of us were, was in the hospital or something, you don't know. But so you always have that language in it. But I'm telling you that we know what's under the clock. And we also know we want the spin out to happen before the end of the year. So it's December 27th. So okay. it really... It, it really fits into all the things we're doing. And look, forgive us for, you know, maybe putting out the AK without the press release, all that. But when you really look at what's going on with the company itself, that to me is the bigger story, the growth, everything that we're seeing being, you know, uh, the short form, you know, video, that whole space is just blowing up the metaverse, all these things that we're really on the forefront of. And you'll be seeing a lot of that stuff coming out. So, Ted, I know last time we had you on, we talked a lot about, um, I, I might butcher the pronunciation here, but I, I think it's Lamotive. Lamotive. We got it. Well, Lamotive, <laughs> and, and like everybody here, it's funny, everybody here in Paul in Singapore, by the way, the whole Singapore team was here a couple of weeks ago. We had a whole executive summit here in Syracuse at the studio when we kicked off the Dandelion music uh, concert and all that, which was phenomenal, turned out great. And we're putting that on the road because it's all about content guys. Like we literally had millions of streamers on that and they were, you know, sit there and edit it and all that, but it's Lomotive, but everybody calls it Lomo. So you'll be seeing stuff where, you know, we've already trademarked Lomo and stuff like that. You'll be starting to see here things coming up over the next, you know, even couple of weeks, maybe in the next few days, you know, where, we're doing different branding initiatives with other companies out there and some exciting things. So, um, right. but talking about Lomotive, Lomo, you know, um, go ahead. Lomo, that's a little easier for me, for, for me to say, exactly. I butcher a lot of pronunciations. But, but I think last time there was, uh, there was a certain, uh, you know, percentage or stake that y'all held. And I was curious if, you know, you've, you've uh, thought about like fully acquiring or, or what the status is there. Look, we have it out there that our intention is to fully acquire it. And, um, and we have that right to do that. So the, the bottom line is that that is when they were all here, everybody from Singapore, and they're still here in the States. They're in California and be, you know, traveling around the States doing different things with different groups with us. But absolutely, um, the, the whole intention is to own 100% of it. And we couldn't be happier with that whole team and then adding our other technology teams together and putting uh them together. Uh Ted, Ted, Ted uh, be, before we hop off here, uh, chat, all they really care about, I guess, aside from the record date here on the spinoff is this ratio. Can you share that ratio with us of the spinoff or not, or not yet? For Tide. For Tide. You know what? I I thought the ratio was in the 8K, so I better not if you're uh, saying you didn't see it. No, it's but, not. Um, <laughs> it's, not. It, it's very good for the shareholders. We'll leave it at that. Uh, um, what about a ballpark? I, I, I didn't see them uh, in the no, 8K. I'm, I'm, looking at the, I'm looking at the 8K right I, I, now. You're, you're giving me heat for the 8K. Now you want me to say something that's not in the 8K. Come on. I, hey, no, I don't you guys shoot are the great. Messenger, that's why man. I love it. Don't shoot the messenger. No, but it's, they're look, about to kill it's, us. It's, listen, I'll tell you. It's, I'll tell you this. You know, when, when you're a shareholder both sides, I mean, you're fighting for the shareholder, right? So let's, let's leave it at that. I mean, 
And uh, I thought it was in there last night or I thought it was in one of the filings a bit ago, but I'll, uh, I'll take a look and then I'll come back on and tell you if it's not. How about that? And we'll put a press release out with that. Okay. <laughs> exactly. That's what we'll do. That's what I really appreciate you guys though of, uh, with our audience and stuff like that. We have tens of thousands of shareholders. I mean, it's way even more than that, but in the whole crowd out there. So we really appreciate your support and letting us clarify things coming on right. and chatting about it. Ted, Ted Farnsworth, thanks a lot for coming for coming on today. I appreciate it. Thank you, Ted. Thanks, thanks, thanks guys. Right. Talk to you later. All right. And, and just to clarify one thing, everyone, the record date, this is how it goes for M&A, for spinoffs, for dividends. The record date is the date that the company is going to take stock of all their shareholders, right? They're going to basically go look at all the list of, okay, who owns shares in our company? Those people are going to get the spinoff, right? If you, if you, so Ted just said, December 27th. That's what that's what he just said. That date was also in the filing. It wasn't as firm, but that's what he just said just now. So December 27th is going to be your deadline. If you want the spinoff to get the, to, you have to own BBIG on December 27th. That's, that's the record. That's the day where they're going to like take stock of all of the shareholders and go from there. That's what Ted said. The, 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 the 8k said, uh, they, it, it was less from the AK actually said they anticipate filing the 10, the, the, the 10K the week of uh, October 25th. They anticipate filing that week and then 60 days from there, which will be the 27th of December. So everyone sit tight. It all really come. The, the clock doesn't start until we get the 10K. Okay. When we get the 10K, the clock will start until then. No clock. So Spencer, I got I got Corey in the chat. He or she is saying, Spencer, what does this all mean? I'm a newbie. Let's do a quick 60 second ELI five. About what? <laughs> this whole thing. Okay, when a man loves a woman, I have no idea what <laughs> this whole thing. Uh, BBIG is going to is is spinning off another company. Um, okay, they're spinning off Tide. They're they're doing all their stuff too. This is just one one part of the one piece of the puzzle. And what is Tide? Who cares? Okay. <laughs> okay. That's not the point. The point is they're spinning off Tide. Okay. That spinoff hasn't happened yet. They have to let their shareholders know when it does happen. They're going to let the shareholders know in their 10K, in their quarterly filing, which hasn't happened yet. From there, 60 days from whenever that filing hits, is going to be the date where you hit your deadline to own the stock if you want the spinoff. That's the bottom line here. Got I'm not going to. I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I'm an expert in, in BBIG. I don't think I'm acting like one, but I do understand yeah. like like the timeline process. You and all I, I understand why people were upset with the way uh, you know things. The information came out last night, but as Ted said, you know that was uh, plain and simple a mistake on the company's part to not have a press release out explaining this 8K that hey, look, all these resignations are planned part of this spinoff, um, you know, because if you just see that information come out with no explanation, with no color, and you see, oh, all these guys are resigning, of course the markets are going to react like that. And that has nothing to do with how we reported it or anything else. So, I mean, I, you know, it's a interesting situation I, I, yeah, to say I, the I, least. I, I think understand the type of people that are trading after hours, right? They see 
that it's it's people and it's also bots, right? It's also algos. They see a they see a, a, a an eight k, and for the record, form ten equals a ten k. It's the same thing. Form eight equals an eight k. It's the same thing. You see a you see an eight k CEO and the CFO are out. You don't you don't think, you, you don't even care. You don't even you you just you sell. That's how that's how these things always work. Okay, in this case, there's obviously a little bit more to the story. You had you had to either know the story or wait thirteen hours to get the story. Um, so that that that's why the stock reacted the way it did last night. Uh, I, I'm just curious in the chat, like, and, and we have our next guest here. We have to bring him on in this in a second. I see him waiting, but like, I'm almost afraid to ask this question. But like, what percentage of y'all's portfolios is BBIG? I I really just am genuinely curious. I'm not trying to shame. I, I'm not judging. I'm just genuinely curious. What percentage of y'all's investments is BBIG? Is it like are we talking like? 90 percent we're talking like 10 percent thank you benzinga crypto that's very helpful <laughs> whoever's logan. posting for the, whoever's posting for the benzinga crypto logan's in logan's in like psychology 1000 right now in ann arbor posting okay. on the... <laughs> thank you logan that's extremely helpful 50 15 0 100 75 40 seen a couple of 69 that's very helpful um five 70 trading options only didn't even know this was stock was optionable. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, 1%, 5%. Okay. I, I'm just, I'm just curious. Just want to get an idea. All right. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoyed that. I, I hope we have more clarity. I think we have more clarity. The bottom line is wait for the, the, the damn quarterly filing. Wait for the, wait for the 10 K the week of the 25th. So is that, that's next week, right? Yeah. I don't know. What's today? The twenty. Today's the twentieth. So, so yeah. Next week, we'll get their quarterly filing. Presumably, there will be more color in that. Presumably, that will that will determine the record date, and then we just go from there. So yeah, and I don't, I don't know what the stock is doing. I haven't looked in since Ted came on. What is it doing here? It's down. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, guys. Sorry. There's there's a bajillion market players out there. Sorry. Yeah, blame the market makers. Not I, us. I, I don't know uh, what to tell you. Smash the like. You know, we get Ted Farnsworth <laughs> on the show. Uh, you know, to to give this explanation, you will not find this anywhere else on YouTube. You know, you can uh, go tune into other places, CNBC, but you won't get this transparency. And at the end of the day, <laughs> all right, you're you're breaking up. Uh, it's not our job to make sure your stock goes up. Okay, sorry. I, I mean, I don't know what else to say about that, but uh, we, 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 we got uh, our, our, our next guest is here just like laughing in the background about this. So we, we should probably bring him on here. Uh, we're we're going to transition away from the BBIG talk. So if that's why you're here, great. You just got to have 38 minutes of it. And now we're going to move on with the rest of our day. All right. So our next guest is Will Rind. Yes. Yeah, smash that like button. We've, we've got Will Rind here, the founder and CEO of Granite Shares. We're going to talk... Uh, inflation and commodities here w w with will so uh let, let, let's get will on here will oh sorry about that that was my fault will what's up man how are we doing hey, how are you doing great I, we're doing great we're doing great our, our chat hates us right now but like it is what it is <laughs> how's your day going doing good doing good thank you okay um will uh you're the ceo of granite shares you guys have a couple uh commodity focused etfs um i guess let's just start Beyond that, here, um, inflation is a thing, is it transitory? 
I don't know. You don't know. No one seems to really know. Um, but what are you seeing right now with, with, with your different ETFs and the various commodities? Because theoretically, a lot of commodities are seen as inflation hedges. Whether that actually happens is, of course, a different story. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think the key question, like you said, is inflation. Um, that's something that, you know, let's be honest, we haven't seen for, for multiple decades. Um, and so this is all a new thing for people. Um, seeing the prices rising kind of in front of them, whether it's you know, at the gas pumps, whether it's at the grocery stores or whether it's, you know, rents or used cars. I mean, this is all kind of new stuff. And obviously, in the investing side, people are asking themselves, well, I know inflation is a bad thing, right? But how do I how do I play that? How do I make sure my portfolio um, is positioned well and make sure that I can you know, make some money out of this? And so commodities or real assets has always been kind of one of those places that people go to. Why? Because a lot of the things that are rising in price, the reason why um, we have inflation is because commodities themselves are rising. So price of oil is rising, which affects you know, gas prices at the pump, price of raw materials are rising, which affects a lot of the goods that we buy. Um, and so for that reason, you know, you have energy and food, which are in the commodity complex, those are rising. And one way to get ahead of that is actually to invest in those yourself. Okay, let's talk about oil here for a second, because uh, oil can't seem to stop going up. Uh, I guess it's the, uh, one of the elephants in the room here. Um, I Whenever I see oil rising, I'm inclined to to sell it and not think it'll keep going higher but i've been proven wrong this entire time here so oil is at 83 dollars right now um just what is your take on what's going on there well what's going on spencer is that um you know part of this is we do have obviously huge amount of demand uh global economies opening up and so there is a there is a large amount of demand and right now we have more demand than supply and so Yes, we could put more supply, we could see more supply coming on the market from OPEC or the OPEC plus group, but I don't think that's gonna matter. At this stage, what really matters is people almost expecting there to be higher prices. We're going into winter at the moment. There's a huge energy crisis going on in Europe, which you may have seen, you may have talked about on the show, um, but gas prices um, in a lot of Europe are the equivalent of over $150 a barrel oil. And so people are sort of worried that that might happen, that could happen here. This time around, your other traditional kind of methods of putting more supply onto the market, such as shale, etc., would be much more disciplined because a lot of activists, you know, shareholders and things have gotten involved and said, well, look, you've got to focus on uh, you know, rewarding shareholders as opposed to just pumping more. And so from that perspective, you know, we're in this situation where the market's pretty tight, prices are going up. And I, I don't really see the reason or the catalyst for prices to go down in the short term. Are you gonna? Are you brave enough to throw out a target for us or no? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think okay. that, you know, we could see over $100 a barrel, uh, certainly in the next six months. Um, it's definitely not implausible given what's happened in Europe. I mean, it's just crazy. Uh, what's coming out of the UK and what's coming out of the European countries in terms of the gas crisis. Um, so I think, you know, coming into this, we think there's another sort of El Nino effect um, this winter. So already we're starting to hear about a colder winter than normal. 
Um, so in this environment, I, I don't think a hundred a barrel is, is, is out of this world. Okay. What about gold here? You've got this bar ETF, right? The, the Greenwich Shares Gold Trust. Uh, why hasn't gold gone up? Explain to me. I always was told gold is an inflation hedge. Gold is an inflation hedge. Why is that not working right now when we actually have inflation? That, that, that is a great question. Thank um, you. Explain. <laughs> I, I hope you can answer it. I, I'll try. I'll try. I'll certainly give you my take on, on what's going on. And what, what I think is happening is that the market, and this is the important thing, you and I know there's inflation, but that's not what the market thinks. The market still thinks that inflation is transitory. And that is by and large the narrative that comes out of the Federal Reserve. And I think at the moment, you still have the market clinging to this idea that inflation is a short-term phenomenon. See the administration saying this is a lot, a lot as well. Um, and that it's nothing to worry about. It will all pass quickly and we'll sort of be back to our, our normal kind of trajectory. Now, because of this, gold prices aren't reacting in that way because the market participants or the market more broadly you know, doesn't think that inflation is a problem. But I think the moment that there's an acknowledgement by the market that inflation is a problem, then I think we see gold prices significantly north of here. But until that point, you have this scenario where the dollar's been strong, you have inflation transitory narrative, and that has suppressed the price of gold for the moment. That's about as good a theory as I guess you can throw out there right now, but I got everyone is sort of scratching their heads. So in theory, based on what you just said, if the Fed were to come out, well, they already have come out actually to, to some extent and said that, yeah, inflation is a bit stickier than we thought it would be right off the bat. Um, but if they were to come out and reiterate that in theory, then you think gold should go higher. Well, I think so, Spencer, because you know, the inflation is not great for the market. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, you can't really have a situation where on the one hand the market acknowledges that inflation is a problem, but yet we have stock markets at all-time highs. Because as we know, right now, we're still at a, at a situation where the earnings, at least what we've seen so far, earnings have been really strong. So that means that companies are able to pass on inflation effects to customers where relevant um, or adapt to this particular environment and still post great earnings. Now, that all you know, ends when they can't do that. And that's why inflation at the end of the day is, is a really bad thing uh, for markets more broadly. But we're just not there yet. What, what about this idea that everyone who would have bought gold has, would do just much as rather just buy Bitcoin, right? Um, I definitely think that there's some of that going on. Um, but I think your kind of, you know, traditional gold investors um, are still sort of resolutely pinned to the idea that, you know, gold is something different, a different investment. They'll still be kind of in the gold camp. That doesn't mean to say that they, they have not or would not buy some Bitcoin as well. But I think that's largely Bitcoin is largely sort of a new or investment crowd um, that is in that. And I think based upon my experience of the two camps, that's a different investor. Um, you, you, you're, you're the CEO of an ETF company. So I guess I just want to ask you real quick about the Bitcoin futures ETF, right? What do you make of the opening? It, it, that it was almost a billion dollars in volume yesterday. It took in half a billion in inflows in one day. Seems like it's tracking the NAV pretty good. So uh, what's your take on, on, on all this? 
Well, it was nothing short of phenomenal. Um, yeah. I think that, you know, I, I, to be honest with you, I was surprised. I, I did think that there would be a lot of demand, but I thought yeah. that might be muted a little bit because the price, I mean, yesterday's price, I think it opened up around $62,000 of Bitcoin. Um, so I, I, I thought, okay, if it was 30000 you know, it could be significantly higher, but, you know, who's sort of jumping in and buying Bitcoin that aggressively at that price? But it seemed like there was absolutely no lack of demand um, and obviously crazy uh, opening yesterday, huge amounts of volume happening again today. So I think, again, to me, shows the strength and the power of the ETF wrapper, that that's the weapon of choice for investors. Yeah. And that, you know, there's still there's still some lack of trust with some of these other venues, a lot of platforms in terms of buying crypto. Nobody wants to be hacked um, when they're you know, holding an investment on a platform. And so ETF, at least you can say a number of different things, but, you know, you're not going to lose your money because of someone hacking you by buying ETF. Right. Yeah, it seems like yesterday was a gigantic victory for like ETF people, right? People like you, because it just showed that the ETF can it can handle the volume and it can it can it can trade with a tight spread it can be liquid it can track their the, the you know the nav net asset uh, value and and it can do it it can do it well even in the environment like yesterday where there was a ton of demand so i think it's just a just a big victory probably for yeah I think so, it's, it's in many ways it's the greatest expression i think of what an etf is which is yeah. it gives market access um, to markets that are either difficult or there's some sort of issue that prevents it being kind of ubiquitous or available to everybody. And so when you look back at the history of ETFs, some of the greatest kind of products have been where the ETF has unlocked a market that you know, has caused problems. So if you look at gold, is a good one, you know, back in 2004, um, different other asset classes as well. I think that's, the, that's really like the power of, of what an ETF does is just puts whatever that investment is or that asset class is in your portfolio in a yep. way that was not available before. Yep. Yeah. Great point. Will Ryan is the CEO of Granite Shares. Will, uh, thanks uh, a bunch for coming on today and uh, and hanging out with us for a few minutes. We appreciate Always it. Always a pleasure. Thanks right. so much. All right. Uh, let's get AB back here in a second. Uh, okay. So just to put a bow, I, I think, put a bow on, on the BBIG discussion. Um, I, I guess here's what I'll say about, about Benzinga and, and how we fit, fit into that. Um, our headline last night was reflective of the 8K. Okay. Should we have known that the, uh, oh, what's up, man? Uh, should, should we have known that the departures were planned? Potentially. I mean, it's well, it sounded like the, it sounded like the shareholders held a vote on that. So I don't know if that becomes public info at that point. Um, there was probably it, a filing is, at some point that the shareholders were holding. It a is impossible. I would say, just from a practicality standpoint, it is basically impossible for our news desk of twenty people to know the details of every single stock out there. Right? It's just not realistic, and and that's not just for us. It's true for everyone because. You saw, I saw headlines last night on Market Watch and Seeking Alpha, and they all said the exact same thing that the 8K did, which was resignations. They did not say what the 8K didn't say, which was that these were voted on, they're moving to a different company. So I, I think, I think the takeaway here, yes, I love Stonebridge, rewind the stream like 50 minutes, 40 minutes, right? 
Um, the takeaway here is that company could have been clearer um, and media sometimes, right, needs to take a second and, you know, try to understand the story. But, uh, you know, I'm, I, I, but, but the, the whole thing was kind of a, a communication cluster. Um, it's not every day you see this, that kind of filing come out with no press release attached. Um, Flo is asking why BBIG is down today or down since the interview. Man, I don't know. I'm here talking to you. I'm not trying to pump. I don't own, we don't own this. We don't own it. We don't, we're not short it. No one here owns BBIG or is short BBIG. We have no dog in this fight. Only thing I genuinely care about is being right, like accurate with the information. That's what I genuinely care about. Okay. Accuracy. I think we have a better picture now from the interview with Ted. Yeah. So, so rage quitter is saying, you know, I'll, I'll bring it up on the screen, right? We left out the whole, left out the whole story though. Only reported one part. We reported the part that everybody else saw, which was the part that was in the filing. This is a really complicated company. There's like, there's spinoffs. There's like mergers. There's, there's like four companies at play here. It's really confusing for the average person who is not spending his or her entire time understanding Vinco Ventures, right? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, Spencer. If we had people on our news desk that were shareholders of Vinco Ventures, maybe they would have known that this vote was held. But but the bottom line is, is we don't. We cover all however many thousands of you know publicly traded companies there are out there. Um, so it's it's, yeah, I mean... It is what it is. It sounds yeah. like Ted Ted understood uh, the fault of the company um, for not having that press release go out with the 8K. And I think that alone clears up all this confusion. Um, and like you said, is it possible that, you know, someone could have known that, hey, look, this was voted on in the past. This is um, you know, 100%. So, you know, I, th I think it's one of those things you live in, you learn, and, and hopefully the company learns from it as well um patrick star in the chat ab how your call is going I, oh, I, yeah tell us please yeah <laughs> i pulled up my robin hood earlier and they're doing well the problem is i kind of screwed myself and i made a not dumb decision by opening some calls this morning that i cannot close today well i can close them but if i do uh that i'm going to be restricted so um i sold let's see Go to my messages. So I sold my Baba calls this morning. Spencer and I opened a Roku one. Um, which wait, I wait, 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 wait! Don't tie me into this. This is you. This is all you. No, Spencer, that was your. Wait, ba back me up here, Shelly. Okay, okay. All right. I, I, I may have suggested it, but okay, I may have. Fine, fine. Uh, okay, I'll give you. Um, that. I, I bought the call for three. Wait, what? Okay, three eighty three per contract. Uh, sold it for three seventy. So took a thirteen dollar loss, but we'll live with that. Made some money on the Baba calls today. That's why I was up about $725. Then I was up a few more hundred dollars on this Tesla call. And I went to went to close it. Couldn't close it because if I do, I'm going to be restricted. So now I'm basically stuck holding this Tesla call into tomorrow, which I don't love. Not happy about it, but learn from the mistakes. Wait, I, I want to show, show something real fast. Um, someone asked why, why we wouldn't contact the company. Um before posting so this is benzinga pro this is our real-time news platform it's behind the paywall you have to pay for it yada 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 okay <laughs> this is a news feed within the platform this is just a news feed of headlines that we post look how many headlines we post 
it is constant. And if you know anything about the markets, you know that all the news happens before the market opens and after the market closes. Okay. So I'm scrolling down here to last night because I just want to show you all. I, I, I still haven't gotten there yet. I'm trying to get to last night. Still haven't got, uh, I want to show you all just the frequency. Oh, here I'm, I'm there. Okay. So we're at four. This is okay. 4 p.m. Eastern. That's where we are in, right now in the newsfeed. Look how many headlines we're posting after hours. Okay. It is the reason we have SEC filings is to communicate this stuff to the public, right? We cannot be calling every single company to verify every single fact in every single 8K or SEC filing. We can't, it's not feasible. That's not how the stock market news ecosystem works, frankly, right? You call the company when, uh, you know, there's a major unknown and you're trying to figure out why, right? Or there's another report out there and you want to, you want them to confirm or deny on the record. You do not call them about stuff that's in the 8K because they're, if they'll just say, hey, hey, dummy, look at the damn filing and hang up the phone on you. That's what a company would do if we call them. Hey, excuse me, is, is, is the information in your filing right? No, I'm not going to call a company and be like that. So I just want to, I, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm moving on here, but I thought it was a genuinely good question, right? Like, why don't we call the company? Because it's not feasible for anyone to do that. That's why. That, that's, why that's why we have SEC filings in the first place, right? Um, and again, I'll, I'll, I'll move on. I'm done. The stock was down before we posted on it. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I mean, I, I, we've talked about this for like an hour at this point. So, um, so I hope, I hope we helped. If you own the stock, good luck. Genuinely, I'm not being like an asshole. Like, good luck. You know, you know, we have Aaron has longs. I have, I own stocks. He, we all own different things. You know, in my case, mostly ETFs. Our next guest has long positions. I hope everybody makes money. That's that. I hope everybody makes money on everything. Life is better that way. But, you know, there's two sides to every market, right? You got bulls and bears, and that's what makes the market work. So, anyway, moving on, let's get uh, Jesse. People talking about a lawsuit. They can, they can sue if they want they're not going to get anywhere but they can do it i mean whatever helps you sleep at night um, wait lawsuit against bbig against us? i don't know man dude do whatever i mean look uh, you know what's funny is that we, we actually regained more than half of those losses from overnight like what, what, what did we close out we closed at 785 we and we got down to you know the mid five dollars and we're now we're clearly in the sixes we're like halfway back so i don't know if I was long the stock, I would be less upset now than I was last night. Mark Zuckerberg, way. don't come at me with with that right now. You you <laughs> are no, changing no, the name no, of your no 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 AB. You don't learn. We tell you not to buy call options. You and you never learn. Okay, but Mark is changing the name of his whole company because of bad publicity. I'm not in that big of a position. I mean, I bought some I bought That's some true. options that I shouldn't have bought. That's the bottom line. I don't have to change the name of my whole company because of bad press. So Mark, I, I told you Mark, months worry ago. about your own problems before you come at me. What do you months ago to stop buying call options? You're like, oh, okay. And then you Yeah, keep... I'm up like I'm up this week on call options. So all right, whatever. Uh our next guest is here, Jesse Kaler. We're gonna uh let him run through some charts with us for a few minutes. So we're gonna hang out. If you have a ticker you want to discuss that's not BBIG, you preferably drop it in the chat. You know, we'll talk about it. 
RS is dropping Wish in there. We can talk about Wish. Let's bring Jesse on now. Jesse, hey man, you're on. He's on mute. Let's get him on off mute though for a second. There we go, Jesse. Unmute yourself. On the, on the bottom of the screen there, you see that little mute button? I think it's on it's on you. I can't I can't do it. You have to unmute yourself on the bottom of the screen. There's that mute that microphone button on the bottom left. Yes? No? Okay. Well, while he's doing that, I still see Oh, now he's gone. <laughs> okay. We'll get Jesse back here in a second. In the meantime, uh wanted to uh, talk about Tesla for just a sec. They report earnings tonight. Uh, let's take a look. Have a look at the stock. Oh, this is the part where I disclose that I have a long Tesla call. But that expires when? This Friday. Whoa. Wait, you didn't buy that yesterday, did you? No, I bought it today. That's the one that I was complaining that I can't close. Like I was up a couple hundred bucks right. on it. Couldn't close it. Now I'm down. Okay, we got we got Jesse back. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. Um yeah, so I, I like lost the stream yard, uh, so I could not find it to get back it. to it. So I'm going to pull up it. my charts again and sh- start sharing my screen. But how are we doing today? We kind are of a doing. weird day. We're, we're doing. We're doing. I mean, it, it is. It's a, it's a green day. I'm going to go to because it's a green day, right? I mean, the S&Ps are in the green. The NASDAQ is, I guess, a smidge in the red. But, the you know, the Russell is green. How many green sectors do we have as opposed to red sectors? Let's take a look here. We've got looks like come on computer why don't you work for me every sector in the in the greening except for technology so i'm in a good mood markets yeah. are up yeah I, I think i'm feeling good i mean i'm i'm really happy because i had some weird plays i, I think you see it in the chat with some of the guys james and um Easy we in the morning pre-market. We've been talking about the EDU plays and kind of going with the China over so I saw you talking about that. I saw you talking about it. someone mentioned EDU. I guess it was you. Yeah. yeah. I, and I, I don't I, trade a lot of small dollar fifty, dollar eighties, but I mean it was just sitting there at a dollar eighty. And one day he was in there talking about the education. And I was like, let's go in here and let's see what, what's going on here. And I was like, I'm just gonna throw a thousand shares at it just to see. Oh and then it went to like yeah. 245. I'm like, howled at half. And then today it was up like to 255, got out another 250. And I'm like, I'm just going to let the other 250 play around and just see if it goes to $4 again. Because this thing actually, you know, has been um, performing. And I'll pull up the. Wait, re- real fast. But before before I forget, I just wanted to plug something. Um, we're doing something that we don't normally do on, on our channel right now. We're actually doing two streams at the same time. Uh, our cannabis crew, our cannabis team, the, the, the crew that hosts our cannabis hour show, uh, they're live in Vegas right now. They're live in Vegas at MJ BizCon, uh, streaming live from the conference. Uh, if you're into cannabis and cannabis stocks, youtube.com slash, I'll put the link in chat right now. Um, youtube.com slash Benzinga, but they're live right now. So it's very rare for us to have two streams going at the same time. Um, I'm going to paste it in chat, but I just want to plug that. So let's get your charts back up on the screen. So we got EDU, New Oriental Education. This is a Chinese education stock that got rocked a few months ago. And yes. you, are, you are now long. Is that right? Well, it was a trade. It was more okay. of a I, I saw that they were consolidating down here in the 180s. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take a flyer at it with a tight stop loss, you know, like 30 cents, 20 cents. And then it just 
it, every day I was doing well on it. We were kind of just getting excited watching it go. And then it just broke out the last two days. In my opinion, um, you know, 30, 40 cents on a $2 stock is great. So a dollar stocks. So. Um, but the one that I like that I actually put in, I, I didn't buy much today, but I did buy some Foot Locker. Oh. And I don't think anyone's been talking about this. I think it's kind of just a sleepy, uh, took a $20 smack from that the upper in the 60s. And for me, it, it just seems like with the earnings and it's more of a, I guess, a bias position because my, my family member is a very big collector of shoes and he kind of gave me some shoe insider information. And he's like, man, I, he's like, I'm charging double for what I bought six months ago because the su supply and demand is just so um it's so great right now for these specific types of shoes and i think that going online um has been a lot easier for people to find these shoes they're actually being able to buy them because they're not having to drive to the store go into the footlocker actually hope that the shoes on the shelf and their size they can get online they can buy them they can get them quicker and have access to them and i think that they've made their website and ordering process a lot easier. So it's kind of just one of those things where I like where they're at now. I know they're kind of on a downtrend at this moment. I'd be calling, kind of calling a calling a 50% retracement from that previous move. If you look where they went from 30s to 60s, now we're getting in the 40s, 48, 45, and that range is kind of coming back down here. I think it's just going to be a good a good time to enter here. And, I, and I'm, I'm tight stop loss. I'm, I put it right here at this lower channel, 46 uh 25 is on my radar so if it if it alerts me and gets down there and starts to fail there then i'm going to be out right here so wow. looking for 50 52 see i i appreciate the technical aspect of it because i have a hard time you know divorcing chart from the narrative and the narrative would be like i'd be terrified of like supply chain problems so yeah uh, and and i and i get that i get that but i feel like it hasn't I think that's going to be next quarter. I think that we're not hit. Okay. We're, we're right there. I know. I think there's going to be a, um, I, I know that you guys have been talking about it on pre-market prep. I know that I'm feeling it when it comes to like inflation supply issues. When I go to the grocery store, I have young children. I have a lot of needs, different things that you're used to buying brands, things of that nature. And they're just not there. You know, there's certain things. And I laughed at my wife. I said, you know, when I figured out that things were going bad is that they did not have chocolate chip waffles. They had every other waffle in the in the place, but that one. And I'm like, you know, it made me just as a joke. I, you know, jokingly, I told her, I said, "What else is missing? You know, from the aisle? Like, what's what's going on? Like, what are you looking at, honey? That you're not that I don't know. Like, feminine products that I may not be purchasing. So I've been researching them um, as well, and you know, looking into, you know, who's going to be hurt by this? Is it like shaving companies? Uh, you know, razors, things like that, where people are. Um, are they going to be going out and stocking up on these? So is it the opposite? You know, they're going to be a, a run up in um, bodily uh, toiletries. You know, I think that there's going to be a big thing in toiletries that people yeah. are going to be stuck. Not not the, the food is like right. everyone's worried about food being gone. But when you well, can't get well, we're all going to be bearded uh, men. Who was it? Who was it? Was it? Um, oh, shoot. I saw a headline go by to this morning. Was it Nestle? I, no, it wasn't Nestle. Some some big international um, food slash consumer staple conglomerate. I, remember, I don't remember who it was. I apologize. Said that they're not seeing consumer stockpiling. They're not observing that. But I don't remember who said it though. Shoot, really? Uh, it may have been Nestle. Hold on. Um, 
I don't. I don't remember here. who said it. I. I'm sorry. No, it's um, okay. I'm gonna hold it against you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, you anyway. mentioned you mentioned LVS this morning that was on your radar. Yeah, and earnings tonight. What do you think? Um, what do you think here? Are you long? Or are you? Sh- what do you think is gonna happen? So LVS is entirely a Macau play, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're you're not nothing to do with Las Vegas. Nothing to do with Las Vegas, right? It says Las Vegas in the name. No Las Vegas in the company. <laughs> they sold their Vegas. They're all in Macau. Um, so that's all that matters. My understanding is so um, we uh, I, I listened to a podcast with someone who has lived in Macau for twenty years. Okay. Um, and if you if you've been following the story, a couple months ago. The Chinese government basically came out and said, hey, we, we, we think we want to like exert more control over all the casinos in, in Macau. And every casino stock like took a shit on that, right? Las Vegas Sands, when you, you see it in the chart. Um, what this guy from who's lived in Macau said was he wasn't totally surprised by it. And I think people's like worst fears were that, oh, like they're just going to like kneecap these casinos right and he this guy he was like basically no nah, we don't see that being the case um i don't know where macau stands as far as reopening goes and like current covid i have absolutely no idea if they're better or worse than we are in the u.s i know they're much more prone to going into lockdown but i don't i don't know where they stand right now um so it seems like the look the initial was bad the chart looked ugly but it I, I guess I, I I don't know enough about it to like want to like stick my neck out and say oh it won't be it won't be a, you know I buy the casinos here or I won't buy them here but right. similar to Alibaba wait is this is still the LBS chart so similar to Alibaba where like you could look at the chart and say okay this looks a little bit silly here is it really is it really should it deserve to be down here I think I'm, I'm case, with you there I, I think there's a case to be made for for LVS here too like should should it really be down here. Is I think a fair question to ask, so, and and I agree. So I'm really big on these when I see these moves on the chart where you see okay, it has a, a day where it should have never been at two dollars and fifty three cents. I wish we were talking about it there together, and then we would be probably buying a whole bunch together. But um, let's see how it moves up. And it goes all the way up here to fifty four dollars, hangs out, and then it blasts off. So this is the move I care about. I don't really care about this one here. I care about how it how it treated. $34. It loved this area and it blasts off up here to 90 and came all the way back and then blasts off, came all the way back and then not as much of a, of a move to the upside. Uh, we didn't make another high and it hasn't done that each time. Every time it's came here, it's made a lower high if you notice. So maybe a play to like 52, even though that sounds crazy, but a play to 52 doesn't seem outrageous right now to me. Um, yeah. And you have a short stop loss right here at 32.16, somewhere around there. Keep Give yourself a couple bucks to the downside. I mean, you're looking for a big play to the upside. This is a longer-term play. This isn't something that I would say is going to happen overnight. But even if you were to take a flyer on this and they get somewhat of decent earnings, then you're going to get a dollar pop or so, You know, maybe in my opinion. that, that That's easily done on a stock like this. But if it breaks out or breaks down to the downside – you don't have support, it looks like, until maybe some key um, option levels like 25, 30, 35, you know, I mean, $5 intervals to the downside, probably. So, yeah. Um, wait, 
Holy, I, I missed this. I was busy preparing for the stream and stuff, so I did not see this. Um, what did we miss? Until the chat just alerted me to it. Thanks, Zuckerberg. Um, you, you wouldn't know about this. PayPal reportedly is exploring an inch, a purchase of Pinterest. Can really? you pull, pull, pull up pins? Pull up PIA. All right, all right that, that works too. PayPal and pins. Bloomberg reported that PayPal and Pinterest discussed um, taking Pinterest over for $70 a share. Holy. I'm not sure I, I get the synergies there, but I, it doesn't really matter, I, I guess. Yeah, wow. they don't care. So Pinterest was halted. It's out of the halt now, right? Yep. Yeah, it's it's... Halted, yeah. Uh, that was hours ago. So Yeah. Okay. Wow. Hey, you, it's not every day you get a midday M&A rumor. Right. right. I, 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 I <laughs> and it's a big names. I love mid exactly. I love midday news because it never happens. You never get midday news. All the news it's everybody around. back in there trading again. Hell, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Wait, wow. All the alerts are going off on their phones. Jay Rice, where where have I been? It's a great question, Jay Rice. I was not looking at my Benzinger Pro, I'll tell you that. I was looking at Vinco Ventures, BBIG for like an hour. That's where I was. Um so <laughs> I was watching that. That was an interesting interview. Um Thank you. <laughs> okay. Another one is Ford. Yeah. I know that you've been long them. I don't know if you're still nah, in Not Ford, anymore. But... Not, not anymore. I sold at like 13. So the ongoing strategy with a couple members in our group that one that he did, this is like his baby, you know, he's been nursing this one and um, he's been buying shares, selling covered calls since it was, I think at like eight, eight or nine bucks. And it's been a great, great strategy. Then he got caught in some. He sold some 1550s um, that were expiring this week and was like, hey, what should we do or what should I do? And I was, you know, we we agreed in the group and said, hey, if it was me, I'd be taking half my profit off the table at this point and, and not trying to carry them. And then I look today and it's up to almost 16 bucks. So I hope he's not hurt too bad in those. Price you pay selling some calls sometimes. Yeah. And yeah. selling some puts yeah. depends that's, on where you're at. That's that's how it goes. So okay, let's let's see what else is on your radar here. And then, you know, actually, wait. There was a question in the chat. Someone asked about Wish. Take a look at Wish here. W I S H. I don't I don't trade this one, but I can look at it just yeah. from the chart. Is how I doesn't really need that. Wow. I mean, that's a big move. I'd like to have been at five dollars, and then when it pulled back, but then now it's just chasing at this point. Um, in my opinion, this would be a good place for it to fall back down to easily 580. Uh, just by looking at it, it just looks like it could just come right back down underneath that six bucks range. But um, is there news out on it that we don't know about? Spencer, do you see anything? No, this is a high flying stock, so I don't know. Just, uh, the daily, I mean, no. You, you trending wise, you're about to hit resistance at this point or at 653 at the most it looks like so um but things can turn around that's a lot of times i feel like there's a lot of people chasing stocks that um they might have been in at you could have been in this thing from 30 19 this is when most people are buying that are in the, the chats that i see no you know not trying to like dog anyone but that's what i'll see is that people are buying they're like what do you think about this what do you think do you think it's coming back and that's the moment where i'm like maybe i should short this thing is a lot of times when people are like man what do you think about this one i say i think it's probably too late if you're asking me um yeah. and that's just plain and simple it's just the, the reality of it and then when you come and look at a chart 
that it's completely on a downtrend, why fight the trend? Why, why would you say, in my opinion, like, and I don't know if they're long, whoever asked. Yeah. But um, if they are, there's, this looks like you would need it to break out above 615, 625 and hold that. And then this previous area here, if you can hold that again, then maybe you go up and shoot back for 850 or so. Um, you're going to have some strong resistance at $10 if it ever gets there. Uh, do I need one, two in the chat? You can just rewind the video, man. We're on YouTube. You can just rewind it. You just go back. <laughs> rewind it like an hour. Hey, and smash that like while we're uh, taking yeah. a second. We got 356 likes. Why not get to 400? Why not? Um, let's just, oh, there's 504 watching. So maybe we can, well, 511. Now we just had a few people jump on. So let's get more yeah. likes. Um, pull Tell us what you guys want to see. What other stocks are you looking at? Um, long CCL. See that one there? I mean, you're at a decent support level. You don't have a, you know, you have some uh, definite, stops in place here that you can put in that are to the downside but i mean it's selling off right now is it oversold at this point it looks like it your medium range 2374 for a target if you were to go in right now it looks like you know this could be an area where you've got a stop loss let's see where it tells us our ratio so i mean i love that's a decent that's a decent play there um you could have a super tight stop loss with some good upside 2.75 ratio if you're using a um, 85 cent stop looking for two dollars and 34 cent target tell us a little more about like how, how you find ideas well my ideas come from risk if i i don't care about the upside typically i'm looking exactly at when i see a chart i'm looking for i don't want to be buying up here for when, when when at this moment i'm looking at it i go okay well there's a lot of downside that i can not manage i don't know how far it can go down well at this point i i'm looking at the keltner channels um i'm following the ema if it's if it's see how it's supported here and then it broke to the downside now you're at a, an area where it's consolidating it's trying to choose which way it wants to go to the upside or to the downside well i would rather buy something that looks oversold then try to buy something that's on a breakout, especially on a stock that's going down. So if it's downtrending, this would be a, a, usually a harder stock to find entry on. But overall, when I'm just trying to find trade ideas, it's just usually the chat being on Benzinga um, YouTube, just watching the chat all day. And I see ideas, I pull them up and see what they're, why are they pulling the, why are they mentioning, mentioning the stock? And then we also have you know, technology that we all use ever. I think most traders have different ways to find information, but we use a bot. You can just put in, you know, top news or top uh, trending stocks on Wall Street bets, and it automatically tells you how many times it's been mentioned and lists them for you. And that's all in Discord where I just go in there. I can just find information on what's trending. Um, unusual options activity is a big list I like to go off of. Um, just for volatility for me to trade shares. So I watch the options activity just to be able to um, find and see what stocks might be in a range. If I see a huge sell order at a $55 price on an option and a huge sell order at a $50 range, then maybe that's the range it's going to be trading in. So try to buy a little bit towards the 50s, sell a little bit towards the 55s, you know, and that's um, just a few quick run through of, of ideas that I try to do at, at you know, things that I, I find that help me at least pull a, a stock up that I would not normally look at. But 
overall, I mean, I look at your normal players that are in the in CM, on CNBC or on Benzinga coming through the scanners. Um, what's moving pre-market is a big one for me. I look at the pre-market movers, uh, the pre-market losers, and just make a list of those and, and take a look at them. You know, like right now I wrote down Sony, Microsoft, Google, um, Facebook, NVIDIA, and then Next Tech Solutions, which is an OTC, which trades under NEXCF. Those are all for like metaverse plays. So there's we, we've had Next Tech on the channel before. Uh, that that that's the one of the more active OTC names. Very pretty widely traded. For I like to do a lot of research, you know. So I just go. I mean, right now I'm going to be out there. I've been looking up who's going to be making the vest for the metaverse. Who's going to be making like the vibration feel where you get shot by a bullet and you feel it or. Um, these are the things that I'm looking for. Like, what are we, what are we going to need to make the metaverse work? So that I know that's like a big topic and I'm trying to look for the future of like, who's going to be making these things. And um, I don't know. I'm excited it, about it. it. It's, it's a huge it's topic a, for me. It, it's a good, it's a good thought. It's a good idea. Um, part of me wonders, you know, these new, these futuristic things, metaverse, right. Self-driving cars, even like things take like a long time is my point. Right. 10 so, years. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, are we in like like the, the like the top of the first? Are we in like the first batter of the first inning? In which case, we got like a long way to go. And and all, sometimes the first movers aren't aren't necessarily the winners. So um, I, I I like I love the idea of the metaverse, but I think we're in the really Yahoo form version of um, or instant, or AOL perhaps. instant messenger version of perhaps of the metaverse. Perhaps. Uh, wait, why did e was that eBay spike? Uh, who brought that up in the chat? Uh, let me find it. Less was that eBay spike? Was that because of PayPal? Because I, I didn't realize that they they had any relationship anymore. I, th I thought that spinoff was years ago. I didn't know that. Uh, I, I so I see that eBay spike this morning. It must have been off related until the PayPal headline, but I don't. I didn't realize that they 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 traded with any kind of relationship at all. So I'm a little bit confused there. And see if you just look at that chart right now. If you look at eBay, that's a that's right there is oversold to my in my opinion. That's a five minute chart. Um, you pull up the fifteen minute. You got a strong support here. This would be a good stop out if you were to try to get something closer to this seventy. You know, seventy four be your stopping point. You get in around seventy four fifty ish. But try to just get a quick fifty cent pop. Pops get get you know from the bottom channel. You're you're oversold below the channels here on the counter, and just hope to come back and just touch that seventy five again. You're getting fifty twenty five to fifty cents. You know, quick, quick plays, quick trades. Uh, yeah, yes. There there is a report that that Pinterest said they're in the early stages um, of of a discussion, potential discussion with with, with PayPal. Um, so there's a lot we don't know about the story, but Hey, nice, nice midday M and a rumor featuring two stocks that everyone has heard of, which is always fun. Always, always fun. Um, yeah. S and P's you know, whole market kind of dropping here a little bit. Actually, we actually, every major index, the S and P, the NASDAQ and the Russell, oh, wow. all, all just took a little bit of a dip here in the last few minutes. Not all really right. Hold on. I got to man the ship. No triple D mode. No. <laughs> any kind of volatility just like oh freak out everyone freak out well i don't have any alerts going off yet so i'm not getting hit too bad let's see that's good that's good uh yeah we're still up one and a half percent on for the day that's that's not bad 
Yeah, here, let me, I've got the futures up, but I, I prefer the spy during the day. And I meant my portfolio, not. Oh, not okay. Everyone's confused on. They're like, hold on, we're not up one. <laughs> spy dropping quickly. I see that, Cameron. Um, yeah, it's dry. It's dropping. I, I, does anyone have any ideas? I mean, it's middle of the day. It's bots trading with other bots, right? So, I don't know. I mean, it did just make a pretty big move to the upside. So, um, you got some profit taking. You know, we had an easy pretty much an easy day of green. Okay. Here's one I'm not familiar with. Look, and it came right off that okay. boom, bounced went right up to that channel. Wait, oh, shoot. Wait, Andy, was there for real a Fed headline? Cause if there is in that, I mean, Fed yeah, news. that could be it. I didn't see anything on, I didn't see anything, but it, just cause I didn't see it doesn't mean it didn't happen. Um, I've, you know, stuck in my COVID quarantine. I have limited screen space here. So, um, I don't see anything, but I, I guess it could be. Um, okay. KLXE in the chat. That yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to ask you about. This is not mm, one that I'm familiar with. It, to me, I, this is so coming from a person who I may not give you the um, the perfect wording for everything, but when I look at this chart, this looks to me like bots are in control and it's very illiquid, and there's a lot of. Um, you know, when it looks like a scatter plot like this, I do not like it. I usually don't touch. That's just a, a personal um, thing of mine. When I see a chart that looks like this, it just looks too crazy. I'm not trading this. Um, but I don't know anything about this company. Clean Energy Service Holdings. I've never heard of it before. What are you asking, KLXE, please? What are we looking for? Are we looking for a technical analysis? I mean, you're trading between 420 and five bucks so lean on that 420 as your stop it looks like you might be trying to do a fit you got a 50 percent retracement you're trying to get back up here if it gets back up here above five and hold support then maybe you take a long if you're looking for it that way um there's just multiple ways you could trade this or not trade this what about and here's another one this is from sophia what is this uec you're, oh, uranium. Okay, this one I've I've at least heard of. Uranium energy. I've been seeing uranium all yeah. over the place. It's like, what are we like? What's going on with uranium? I got. Yeah. I need to get in to figure out what we're using this uranium for that we need so badly, um, because it seems like every day on the scanner when I wake up, that's like the top top uh, sector for a while, like a month and a half now. I, I know uranium is a monster. I don't get it. Um, I, I, I don't know the uranium story. The one time I did try to comment on it and I didn't know it, I'm just going to like, I'm just going to not comment because I don't know. The uranium I don't story. know anything about it. I can't say. <laughs> I mean, is it a battery play? <laughs> I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Right. Um, I, I, th I think it's just stockpiling, but I'm honestly not sure. So I'm not going to say anything. Even though I just we're did. hoarding uranium in our backyards. Maybe. Uh, Patrick Starr, we did we did talk about CCL like ten minutes ago. Uh, you can just check that out. What about Amazon here, Jesse? What do you, what do you think about Amazon? I mean, I hey, think when, they rule Prime the world. Day? Wait, was Prime Day this summer? <laughs> do, do we miss it, or is it is it coming up? When is Prime Day? Did it already happen? Prime it already Day. happened. I think it already happened. I think Fine it was out. like oh yeah, it was, it was in June. Never mind, it was in June. Yeah, I was gonna say I think that there was like not a big deal. Even you mentioned, I think you were like there was. It was just kind of like not as big as it normally was. Yeah. Well, last year they had Prime Day like right on like Black Friday or something like that because of the pandemic. But 
Never mind. Okay. And anyway, Amazon here. Amazon is looking like everything else where this is, do you buy this dip or do you just hold off? I mean, look at that. That's a, for me, you've got defined stop right there. If it comes back and breaks below this, this where it wicked out right here, 3398. And then look, you're trying to get back to 3418. I mean, that could bounce right back up to that channel and at least test that again. But it, it the whole market kind of seems like it's, taking a, a pullback for what is it to this is what this is what's great about trading is it pulling back to keep on going lower or is it pulling back for us to buy the dip and get back in and see all new highs when we wake up in the morning and that's to me i just don't know i, I don't for me for amazon it's just way out of the realm i didn't buy it when i when 10 years ago like i should have and i don't really trade amazon so i don't i don't really know much about how they trade other than when I look at the chart right here, you're standing up. When you pull it out to the 45 minute, you're looking at it like this. You've got an uptrend. It's falling back, possibly down to 33.60, and then could continue up to the upside. But um, this one looks kind of scary to me. It's kind of hanging in a no man's land on a daily. If I, if I was to look at it, but it doesn't look as yeah. It's hanging out up there. You you had some defined support way down here. That was your entry was down here when it when it tested thirty two hundred, back in the early the beginning of the month, and looks like you you in the beginning of the month you went from thirty two hundred all the way to thirty four fifty nine thirty four sixty, so you're saying a two hundred dollar move you get a hundred dollar pullback thirty three fifty looks ideal to me thirty three seventy five somewhere around there. All right, do you, you want you want to take a look at ETTX? This is a therapeutics play in Tassis. They had some drug news out yesterday. Yeah, yesterday morning. Wait, Monday and yes, Monday What's after the, the news? close. It was Monday after the close. That's what it was. It was Monday after the close. Uh, they had a drug, a phase three trial meet its primary efficacy endpoint. Um, that was Monday after the close, and then yesterday we had a couple upgrades. Today we have another uh, positive note from BMO. Um, so the news was out Monday afternoon, but um, on ETTX, their uh, their phase three attack trial met its primary efficacy endpoint. I don't know what the drug is or what it's doing, but um, I mean, you've got a decent trade there. I mean, it's set up. It, there's your it's coming back down to retest this. If it if you want to really have very minimum risk, you try to get it down there where it where it wicked. See if it breaks here, hits you, fills, and then you get you get out somewhere in between there, not looking to get the very top, but get that middle. That's quick trade, but um, that's on the daily. Doesn't move too much. Um, you're talking. Let's see. Let's pull this out a little bit. Yeah, look at that. Ugh. It gets to 432, 444. Not investing advice. Short it. <laughs> that's what it looks like to me but um i'm anything with vaccine news things like that to me it's almost like buying um a fresh crypto it's it's very lottery play to me um yeah you get lucky you get the good news on you know on a vaccine or a report for some trials that for you know everyone loves the all-timers plays um things like that but um i'm not a big fan of them I like stuff that I do, like, you know, play, take my kids to um, Dave and Buster's. Have I been to Dave and Buster's since COVID hit? No. 
Has, have, you started, about, have you thought about going or has it not even crossed your mind? It hasn't even crossed my mind. Um, we had passes to Kings Island, though. If you don't know what Kings Island is, it's like um, the Midwest uh, Disney World. It's kind of like a Cedar Point. Wait, wait, wait. Cedar Point is the Midwest Disney World? Yeah. Well, well, it's our. It's like the competitor version. I, I mean, um, some people like Kings Island better. Some people like Cedar Point. I, I've never been to Cedar Point, so I can't. Me neither. I can't say anything about it. I know we have big roller coasters and we have like some of the largest like wooden roller coasters. You know, we have some records, so we're looking all right here. I'm only like 15 minutes down the road. So I did take my kids there all summer long. Um, and then now they have like Halloween hunt and they have the Christmas stuff. So they actually, um, those kind of theme park stuff, they're actually looking, they're, they're making strides to just not be, you know, that four to six months time frame. They're finding ways to make money throughout the season, which is nice. Uh, all right, it's one thirty-two, guys. Uh, Jesse Kaler, his the links to uh, his room, his Twitter, uh, uh, they're in the description of this video, right where it says his name, Jesse Kaler, and uh, he'll be joining us every Wednesday at this time to so just hang out, basically, hang out and talk stocks. All right, and with that, you guys, um, I appreciate you. Hit that like button. We're twenty away from four hundred. Um, oh, I'll be in oh, the joy. chat the rest of the joy. day. Thanks a lot, man. Um, right. AB, where are you at? I know you're around. You're lurking. You're lurking. There he is. You're I'm lurking. here. I'm always here. You're lurking. All right. What's up next? Uh, we've got Brett Simba from Simba Stocks coming on. Um, Spencer, so Br- Brett's, you know, we, we were going to have him on, get technical during this time period, but now that we're changing the midday show. But I think we got to start getting Brett on our morning live trading show because that's when Brett – uh, is really active and, and he's just killing it all the time in the morning. So we were we were texting back and forth this morning about some of his plays, but mm. maybe we'll find a time for Brett during that live trading does, show in the morning. Does Brett also buy call options two days before they expire? I don't know. Let's ask him. Brett. Hell <laughs> yeah, dude. Hell yeah, he does. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Zero dates or die. Yeah. Um, so so Brett this morning we were texting, he bought some uh American Express calls and let, yeah. let's look. I'm gonna pull up the uh, my Benzinga, Benzinga Pro. Um, pull up the the uh, American Express chart because that trade looks like it's been working out for you, Brett. Yeah. So um, Amex was very very strong um, for the past couple weeks, just holding around like all time highs, right? Um, you guys have it up there. Yeah. So you can not, see no, not yet. Hold there. on. I'm, I'm getting my. Uh... You, you're slow. I'm fast. Keep going. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you can see on the daily right there, we were pretty much, uh, the resistance was pretty much this 177 level or so. So we pretty much were looking for any type of breakout um, above that level. Uh, yesterday, we got a nice little close above it. Um, we gapped up and then we sold off a little bit, but we held above 177. And then today, we just kind of smashed through um, that pre-market resistance in yesterday's high. So that's where I kind of took an entry right at that 177.50, 178 level uh, for 180 calls. And I think they're up pretty good now, right? Should be like, what do we get in at? Like 150? Yeah, they're at 235 right now. This just hit my second trim. That's that literally was, you'll probably hear. How, how come is it that some of these like financial
the uh, rate hikes that they said they're going to save them for sure until next year. They're just talking a little bit about rates. Um, I'm just looking here at like live squawk on my phone. But um, so you can look at like TLT dump. So usually when, you know, TLT takes a little bit of a hit, uh, the bond market, you're going to see a lot of the financials and banks do pretty well. So that's why um, XLF has been relatively strong lately um, while you see the bond market pull back. Um, so, you know, financials are probably the strongest in class right now. I mean, XLF, right? That's the um, ETF. They're at all time highs. They're just making new all time highs uh, the past four days. So, yeah, I mean, it's also can be like a, I think like an inflation thing, like more money yeah. out there. You know, banks are be making more money, right? So, of course, yeah. Um, what about some other plays? I know you you talked about a Tesla play. You were you were. Uh... Yeah, so Tesla's obviously um, one of the strongest names right now as well. Um, I like Tesla uh, this past week, Amazon and Netflix. But obviously, we have uh, the first. Well, the first big earnings was Netflix which was yesterday, um, did pretty well. Um, I don't think we got as big of a pump right away because they didn't exactly smash the uh, subs, but they did beat um, on subs. They beat on revenue, I believe, as well. And obviously Squid Games is you know, pumping a lot of that, I think. <laughs> um, but we got a little bit of a pullback on Netflix. The daily chart still looks good. All these FANG stocks look pretty good right now, but earnings are you know this week and into next week so tesla's today um it's kind of hard to play earnings right when especially when you're at all-time highs because the stock usually runs up into earnings so the only types of plays that i think are you know viable or or worth it really are spreads and that's going to because, be because you're not really like risking um the same amount you would on a naked call out of the money right but you need to pick some type of uh, doable strike. So what we took is the um, the what did I take here? I think eight eighty five and eight ninety. Yeah, the and, and you can go ahead and share a screen if you've got this pulled up on your computer. Oh yeah, Brett. yeah, pull it up. Uh, but I, I want to real quick back up for a second and uh, maybe you can just explain, uh, you, you know, kind of like explain like I'm five and ELI five about what the spread is and kind of what you're trying to play there versus just buying a, a naked call. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so essentially on this spread, right. So essentially what I, what we bought is the, um, the 900, 895 call debit spread. So it costed us a dollar 25. It might, you know, it might be a little bit lower. It's going to fluctuate probably between a dollar and a dollar 30 or so today. And essentially all we're looking for is a move to 900, right? Um, basically when you're doing a debit spread, at least a, a call debit spread, uh, you're going to sell the upper strike and buy the lower strike. And essentially what you're looking for in this type of play is a move above or, you know, close to before expiration, that upper strike. And I'll show you a good example that we took on a, a shop this week. But the play, if you guys want to hop in it, you know, I'm in it right now. Again, it's, it's a risky play because it's for earnings. Um, again, so, you know, anything can happen. We could stall around this level, which would be bad. We could drop, um, if it's not a, a crushing or stellar earnings. So, but the risk to reward is there. So for the 900, um, calls for the week, sold those. And then I bought in the same, um, order the 895 calls. So they're at a dollar 25. So essentially how you calculate the profit is just the differences between the strikes. So 900 minus 895, that's $5, right? And then you paid a dollar twenty-five, 
So you take the difference of those. So five minus $1.25, your max profit is going to be $375. So that's a three to one trade. You know, it's not a crazy move up, right? From here, we know how you know well Tesla can move after earnings. And the good thing about earnings is that it's in the middle of the week. So we have a couple days for this play to play out in case it does stall, right? We only need about a 4% move. Um, whoops. Why did it do that from the bottom? I, I, I like this because your risk is defined, right? Yeah. Your, I mean, your risk is always going to be defined too, you know, when you're taking a naked call, right? At the same time, because. Well, all right. But, <laughs> Fair. Um, Fair. You know, okay, but it depends if you're letting it expire worthless or not. But um, when you're taking spreads, I like them because they have a higher chance of probability, right? And you still have that defined risk. But um, because you have your defined profit, it's, again, a much higher probability trade. You can't just, you know, worst case scenario, not not worst case, right? But and, you know, unlikely scenario is let's just say Tesla smashed to like 950, right? In this case, our max profit would only still be, you know, 375 bucks, where if we did a naked call, you know, we might make a couple thousand, right? But if uh, you just bought just that $900 call right now, uh, you know, those are going for, let's take a look real quick just to show so so, so essentially if, if the stock moves down you're covered because you sold that call at 900 exactly yeah and so, you'd be out of the premium that you spent for the 895 call correct yeah so we, we're still going to be taking a loss obviously because the 895 call is going to cost more being in the money right but um we're only risking that 125 rather than going for you know a uh, a 900 call just straight up so the 900 calls right now, if you just take take those, sorry, rotors freezing for some reason. Uh, the 900 calls right now are going for uh, 355, 350. So you know we're risking about a third of uh, the capital to make you know 3x our return. Whereas with this trade, right, if you just did the um, the 900 call, excuse me, the 900 calls are going for five five ten. I was looking at the nine tens. So $500. So it's literally four times uh, the amount that we're paying for the spread. And in order to break even, just to break even and not even profit on that, you're going to need it to go to 905, right? By the end of the week. Now, if you get a spike tomorrow, you'll probably be up, be able to take profits. But let's just say Tesla's flat. And being flat isn't a bad scenario during earnings, in my opinion, especially when you're at all-time highs. It shows that the stock's able to hold around those all-time high levels. And uh, especially on a chart like this, you know, you take a look at like the hourly, right? You're kind of just flagging down um, and looking good for a possible breakout, right? So even if we get some type of flat earnings or even if it dumps a little bit, even, you know, down to around this uh, 850 level, you could still get that explosion back up towards 900. Now, if you close right around 900, even if you tag it, you know, 898, 900, 901, you're going to be able to make 100, 200% on these spreads rather than um, needing a move above 905. You won't get decayed as much either because you're going to be taking um, a, a gain immediately on that uh, sell leg. So best case best case scenario with this um, trade, you want Tesla to end up above 895 but below 900? No, you just want it above 900. Okay. Yeah. So even though you're so, selling the $900 calls, you still want it to go above 900 because you have the yeah. 895 calls. So basically how it essentially works is let's just say Tesla on Friday closed at 898, right? So that's 898 minus 895. 
that's exactly how you calculate it. That spread's going to be worth three, right? So 300, we paid 125. So we're going to profit 175. Got so it. Every dollar above 895, the spread's worth $100 because one dollar. Well, you'll have to walk me through one of these because I've never put a trade out on a spread like that. I've really yeah, only bought, I've only bought calls and bought puts. So, uh, you I'll know, next time. Yeah, I mean, I'll show you guys a really good one. One of our picks for this week um, was uh, Shop. We do these, uh, we do our weekly PDF, right, where we do our top three picks. Um, so these were our top three picks of the week. Every single trade is like crushing it right now. Um, this was the chart we had for Shopify, right? We're just looking for a move to 1500. Um, we basically entered on any hourly close above 1430. So you take a look at the chart, right? First hour, I think on Monday or second hour did that. Yeah, so first hour on, this was uh, Monday, closed right here. We entered here and just never really pulled back. Now, if you're looking for naked calls on shop, it can be pretty expensive. So instead, what we did was, and I'll pull it up here, I got them somewhere, let's see. So instead, what we did on shop is this, where is it? <clears throat> we did a 1500-1475 spread. Now, that's a pretty wide spread. And the reason I did a wide spread on shop is because um, the premium wasn't too bad. And I'll show you why exactly we took this trade, again, as a spread rather than a naked call because Shopify is very expensive. It's very volatile. I mean, if I took a naked call, again, I'd be up much more. But I my risk was defined and I was risking much less on this trade rather than going, you know, uh, $1,000, $1,500, $2,000 into a trade. So we took a debit spread here. This is on uh, Friday into it. And then on Monday, uh, if anybody wasn't in, I signaled that we could have added into that as well. But on so Friday, we looked at Shopify 1500 1475 So this is $375, right? Now the spread is $25 wide. So what's the max profit on that? 2,500, right? So if we're paying $375 and our max profit is 25, our, our max uh, price of the spread is 2,500, the difference between those, again, being, you know, about a 7X trade, so uh, 6X trade. So we're looking to make, you know, 500, 600% as we get to these upper levels. Right now, that spread is sitting at 230% uh, right now, I believe pull it up here i think i have one but um at now basically we're already almost at max profit the only thing we're waiting for is the decay because shop again has such volatile moves we still have about two and a half days left in the week right so um just to give you guys a example here at 1475 yeah here we go i have i have a couple of them still here yeah so here's the ones that we entered we entered them here 375 and they're up 222% right now. I took a couple off at 200, 200% uh, or, or I think we uh, took one off this morning at even 300 here. Let's see. Yeah, 350% this morning, those were at. So you never get any like FOMO where you're like, oh shoot, I wish I would have just bought the, yeah. the naked call on this. And I used to, I used to, to be honest, but it's so much easier when you're doing spreads because you're not as, you know, you're not as exposed. And the good thing is in a market like this, like today, I'd actually be much, much more red today on a 1500 call, a naked one than I would on this spread. So you can see like on the spread right now, right? What's going on? I'm, I'm only down about 
right? But if I took a look at the naked calls, they're going to be down much more because the stock is flat today. It was down this morning uh, about 1%, 1.5%. So that time decay sit, setting in on those weeklies. Now on the spread, I'm actually making money because what? I have that 1500 call leg um, sold to open. So right now, let's just say, and the best thing about this is, let's say I did a $1,500 call. If the stock chops sideways, that would expire worthless. But because I did a spread now, right? What is um, the price of this spread going to be? Well, we said every dollar above the lower leg is how much the spread's gonna be worth, right? So 1485 is the price right now. So if Shopify stayed this price until Friday, this debit spread, would only, uh, would, excuse me, would still be $10. So that's 85 minus the 75, the bottom. So I'm still going to be having $1,000 per per spread, and we only paid 375. Whereas the um, the $1,500 call will just start uh, expiring worthless. Due to Got it. What, what what's your timeline on these spreads? You know, are you looking to like start a spread today and sell it tomorrow? Or yeah, so I took a. You know, usually, so the spreads, unfortunately, for the most part, unless you get an explosive move above that sell leg. So I'm not going to see, like you'll see here, right? The, these could go to, um, these can go another 100% from here. So these will go to like 400, 500% total because what is the max that this could be? It's 25, right? But we're pretty close to 1500. And you could see even when it was 1500, here, I'll show you. The high of this spread was $15. So we're still $1,000 off the max. And that's when the price was yesterday at 1500. And the reason is because again, there's three days for the price to still go down. So you kind of need it to decay right around either um, your upper strike or way above it. So if this blasted off to like 1530, you know, a couple percent, this would already be pretty much max profit with spreads. If it gets anywhere near 25, I'm just going to sell because there's no point in holding on. Right. Cause we know the maximum I could sell it for is 25. So if right. it gets to like 22, 23, I'm just out because there's no, why would I hold something? I can only make a hundred or $200 more each on when it's already up, you know, what? Six X. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I, yeah. I like that strategy. I think it's a lot more uh, repeatable and like sustainable than just buying naked calls or naked puts. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and then another play we had, I, I don't even, I picked, you know, we all, well, one of my admin in the group picked this coin. I didn't even take it. And it was ended up, I think it was the best trade out of all three of these. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was an hourly close above 282 we had. Uh, we take a look at the chart, right? This was on Monday, literally in the first or second hour, I believe. Same thing. Yeah, first hour, just right above 282. Easy entry right here. And now the stock's up, obviously, with Bitcoin breaking the highs, you know, another 7%. So that was a good trade also. I didn't end up taking that one. Uh, we took a cat trade. Cat was on our PDF too. This was a nice trade. Basically, Cat um, had a nice triple bottom here, right? And what did we do? We kind of broke up out of this range. So this was Friday. So basically, we were just looking for a break of Friday's high. So all that we were doing here, and we'll pull up the chart here. It's the same thing that I just showed you, right? We're just looking. This was uh, posted on Sunday. Uh, we're just looking for any close above this candle here for a continued move back to um uh vpoc here point of point of control right right around 209 210 uh this and then this one is a little bit longer i think we said two weeks for this one yeah two weeks as well so you know usually we're looking to ride these for a week or two you can play usually weeklies on them because the move that we're looking for is immediate 
but we recommend going you know, a week or two out, um, if, especially if you don't you know, know exactly how um, to watch the charts. So this one's pretty good. You know, we're up 2% on this. Um, there was a good trade by one of our admin in the uh, chat on cat too. And I think I did another one. So these are up about hundred percent also um, on just a 2% move. And remember these names like cat, um, a lot of these Dow names, right? A lot of these industrial names that don't move a lot that aren't very volatile. If they get that move, you know, we broke this 200 level here, right? If you get that move to 205, it's only 2%, but these stocks don't move like that. They don't move, you know, too crazily um, throughout the week. So they're priced very low. So that 200 call was only like a dollar or a dollar 50, right? A hundred bucks, 150 each. And now they're going for, you know, 450 bucks. So it's 200% right there. But yeah, these are the PDFs we put out. These have been hot all the past weeks, to be honest. Our long-term play, charge point. Uh, this one's going good. We took this on Monday right here um this was based on i think we had a gp here right yeah so this is a uh, um jake did this chart so this is sitting at these uh previous lows that we had in the beginning of 2021 right and if you take a look pretty much from the entire move pretty sure this is going to be a gp let's see yeah can you go can you go back to that chart you were on right before this one for a second uh so right there, that that little graphic with the uh, green box on top of the red box, that's showing as long as the stock price is in that green range, then it's profitable. If it's in the red one, then it's not profitable. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So I'll, I'll draw it just on here. It's easy. Uh, where's my long? Here we go. So we said, we'll just zoom out here, right? We just said enter above these this previous uh, week's high, right? Right here. We're going to stop out right below here. And we're looking to go back to 30 bucks right up here right so we're in the golden pocket of this stock's entire move since it was um i think it was a SPAC originally i'm not too sure don't quote me on that but basically since these lows back at you know 10 yeah it had to be a SPAC because it was around ten dollars so back at these lows right we're sitting we chopped around the uh the bottom of this golden pocket here from the entire move up so sitting at the 786 usually it would be a time to stop out but um again we weren't in around here, right? We waited for this breakout of nice little trend line here, right? For these highs. And that's where we entered this position. And it's a long-term pick. So these are shares. Uh, you could do leaps also. I think we're up like 50, 60% on, on the leaps too, because these, these stocks, same thing that I was going over with cat, right? When they're down low so long, as soon as they get that big pop up, you know, a five, 6% day, which I think it had. Yeah. Was it yes? Yeah. Yesterday. Right. Yeah, yesterday it had a six six and a half percent day. You'll see up here, six and a half percent, right? So that that was a you know 30, 40 percent move, even on contracts that are uh you know two, three, four, five months out. So I mean for, for some of our viewers out there that may want to get into some spreads like this, you know, like what's the best place to start? I mean, I know you know we can go out and watch tutorials, etc. But I feel like it's one of those things that you gotta start kind of just dabbling with doing, and then you'll really learn how they how they work. Yeah, I mean, it's just about defined risk. Um, the best the best way to do them, right? I'll show you an example is uh, kind of like how I did the shop one. Let's go to like a more realistic one. Um, ba, 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 let's think. Fubo. Fubo. That one's going to be hard, probably. Hard. Okay. Um, I'm just, I was just trying to think. Yeah, we could do Fubo. Okay. So, Fubo, right? First thing you want to do always, whenever I look at a chart, right, is you want to pick your target, you want to have your target and your stop, right? So for a spread, your target 
is usually going to be like your upper strike because that's what you wanted above, right? You want it to hit that. And you know that as it gets closer to there, you're going to make more on the spread. So um, Fubo here, right? We have this channel, right, that we're in. We're hitting the upper upper portion of it, right? It's pretty much this is the channel. And, you know, it's a pretty heavy resistance here uh, right around this, what, 35 level or so. Um, and you can see the most volume in shares all time for Fubo, right, is where? From 30 to about 27. So once we get above this like 31, we get a good daily close above here. You could take a long, right? And if you're taking a long on it, where are you going to probably head to? Probably 35, right? So that could be a spread that we take. So let's just take, we'll take a look at the 35s real quick, right? So we'll take a look at the 35s. And on the 30, uh, on the 35s, I'll just pull up uh, options here if I can. One sec. Um, bah, 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 bah. Let me throw it over. Right. Jay in the chat saying spreads are our best for high price names like Amazon, Netflix, Shop, Google, because um, premiums are very high. Yeah, I'll show you. I'm going to show you uh, something that we did last week too with Amazon here. So I'm just going to pull up the. Uh... So do you consider that like these spreads like to be like a sophisticated trade? I mean, I know you can get crazy. Someone's asking about zebra uh, spreads in the chat, you know, whatever. Is this more of like a simple this is um, the, I think this is the simplest one. Yeah. So these are just going to be diagonals pretty much. They're the same thing. I'll post a, uh, here, I'll post a video in the chat real quick. So everybody can kind of like tune into them. Cause it's very easy with visuals. Um, hold on, let me get it for you guys. It's hard to understand without like all the visuals and everything. Uh, you know, I could explain it to you. You probably have to rewatch this and listen to it a couple times. Right. But if you have a video, it's much easier to kind of go back and look at it. I have it right here. Yeah, I mean, I understand the basics. But like I said, I've never done these trades myself. So to say that I feel like I'm, you know, have like a, a great understanding, I, I, I don't. I, but I, I understand it. I just haven't done them myself. Yeah. I think a lot of people in the chat are in that same boat. Yeah, here's, I just posted it. Or I will post it. Can I post it? Oh, I have to log in um no you should be able if you send it oh, in the private in the private chat on here I'll, I'll link it in the yeah there we, go. there we go yeah so guys he's gonna link it in there that's a great video um by uh skyview they're i think they're the best for like teaching because they have the, the best like graphics and they kind of use like real life scenarios um which i kind of like a lot so that that's one of the basic training videos i make my guys go to before they watch some of my advanced ones um in our chat so uh, check out that link guys in the chat there if you want to learn more, watch it later, obviously, while I go over this. But let's just go over like that Fubo trade you were just saying. So 35 is our target, right? So how long do we think it's going to take Fubo to get there? Well, we want to allow at least what? Probably two weeks. Um, the best way to play spreads is always going to be, for the most part, monthly contracts. Monthly contracts, guys, are going to be the third Friday of every month, right? So this one coming up. <clears throat> the next one, we already missed uh, October, right? So the next one's going to be 1119. So we take a look at 1119. I'm going to get rid of some of these strikes. We don't need them. Let's just look at 35, 34. Okay, cool. So this isn't going to be the best example. Uh, well, I guess it'll be good, but um, usually you want to use spreads for like higher price stocks because your per, your uh, percentage of profit and your actual dollar amount of profit is going to be extremely higher than you know playing some of these names where your profit's kind of limited. But let's go over it anyway. Let's just say that 
we wanted the target to be $35, right? So we're trying to hit up here. We have about a month to expiration. Is that doable in a month for uh, Fubo to get up here? For sure. You know, in the past two weeks, we went from 20 to 30 alone, 50% move. So if we chop a little bit around here, you know, we do a little chop, we have a breakout, maybe a retest here and then a pop up, something like that, right? It'll happen a little quicker than this, hopefully. Uh, you know, this is into December. You know, maybe we get something like this, pop up and something like that, right? Um, we want to probably look at some spreads around that $35 range. So what we could do is sell this um, $35 call. It's going for about $95 right now, okay? So $95 is what we're taking in. Then we have this $30 call here. The $30 call is going for about $250. let us just say $250. It's a little bit more, but let's just say $250, okay? We'll, we'll keep it simple and say $250 and a dollar just to make it easy. Got it. So $250 and a dollar. So what that means is we're paying $250, guys, for the $30 call, right? And then we're selling the $35 call for a dollar. So what that means is we're paying a net debit of how much? A dollar fifty, right? So that means our break-even price on this trade is what? Thirty plus one fifty, so thirty-one fifty. Now, is thirty-one fifty easy to get to? For sure, right? We almost hit thirty-one fifty yesterday. So if we just get a little bit of a, um, a close above this trend line, we only need about a three percent move. Um, for it to hit, excuse me, a four, four or 5% move for it to hit our break even in a month. Is that doable with Fubo? For sure. Now, anything from there is just strictly profit, right? So then if we go, let's say we get to 33, right? How much will this be worth? $2. So then we made how much? We made 30 for about 33%, right? $50 off of 150. If we go to $34, how much is it worth? It's going to be worth 250, right? 34 minus 3150. That's how much we made profit, 250. It goes to $35 and above 35, how much is it going to be worth? $5, right? Because 35 minus 30, we paid 150. How much are we profiting on that? The 350. So every dollar that it goes up above our strike, uh, excuse me, above our break even, we make $100 profit. So rather than just throwing out a $35 call, which you might not even get to, let's just say the stock stalls around $34, right? It takes a little bit of chop and it stalls around $34. Those $35 calls are gonna expire, you know, close to worthless or they're gonna be probably around $30, $30 uh, $25. So you're gonna be down like 60%. Um, whereas on the spread, our break even was 31.50. If it hits around 34, you're already up 250 bucks. 34 minus 31.50, that's 250 profit. So, so with these, I mean, do you ever just buy straight up calls or puts or are you? I always do. I barely, I'm going to be honest. I barely do this. Oh, you barely do this. No, I okay. barely do this. I only, I, I'll, this is what I do it for. The only reason that I mostly do it is because some members uh, like in our group or just in general people, again, the, just the Shopify example that I gave you that costed us 375 bucks, right? To make 2,500 hopefully. And you know, we're already up to $1,200. If I wanted to buy a naked call on shop, like a realistic one, you know, how much is that going to cost? We'll, we'll pull up just shop here, Three right? Three grand probably. Even today, keep in mind, this is today. How much is the, um, we'll go three, four, per, we'll go a uh, couple percent out of the money here. You know, this is costing us 600 bucks. And keep in mind, this expires in two days. So we had a, a whole week 
because we bought it on Friday or if you bought it on Monday, these are going to cost around that $1,000, $1,200 range. So what can you do with the spread? Again, you can make profit as long as it's in between those legs, right? And above your break even, and you can buy multiple. So not only are you able to then do what? Lock in gains when it's um, under your upper strike and not worry about decay as much, but you're able to trim. And that's the best part about, I think, spreads is trimming, right? Because the only reason that most people don't make a lot, I think, when a stock is trending is they only have one contract. They only have two contracts. So if you're able to buy three, four, five of these, right? Again, with the Fubo example, you know, if we're buying like the 30, let's just say we bought within in that example, right? The 1119s, the 33, um, the $30 call, excuse me, was 250, right? So if I bought four of those, that's a thousand dollars, right? But the spread that we wanted to buy is a dollar fifty, right? So we can buy, you know, seven, eight of them, or yeah, six, seven of them, and it's going to be what the exact same uh, price. But we're able to do what? Trim one, trim two, trim three, and still have runners. So that's where I think spreads come into play the best because you're able to profit and take it off the table playing these big names without a lot of money. Got it. Yep. That's how it works, man. You can. You can do some crazy zero dates. Like, there's been some crazy stuff on Friday with Amazon. You know, if you happen to do a spread 3,400, those probably costed you 20 bucks and they made you a thousand dollars. You know, so that's five, you know, 5,000% trade is pretty good. Yeah, no, I like I like the uh, like the use case for these spreads when it makes sense to do so. So, I'm going to dive into that. Um, the rest of this week, try to figure out how I can start like implementing those into my portfolio. Um, and like I said, Brett, you know, we'd love to have you on, you know, whether it's this time slot or we can get you on in the morning. Cause I know you said you're a little bit more active in the morning. We do have our own, um, live trading show in the mornings now. So, um, we'll, we'll get some good time to make some trades on here. Cool. And make sure you take some, oh, you, I don't think you said you can. Well, you should be good on that on that American Express. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, man. So you want to know what I did? What I did that was so dumb is I looked back at like the day trades that I had in in Robinhood, and I was like, oh, the last one was on the fourteenth. That was six days ago. I'm good. <laughs> and it's five trading days, not like five. Yeah, days yeah, ago. yeah. It's five trading days. So, so I, dumb, man. Dude, you I only got. You you only have so many bullets in your chamber, man. You you, you got to use them wisely. It was a it was a boneheaded mistake, but now I know for the future, and hopefully, you know, Brett, we still we start making killer trades together. I'll be above that twenty five k in no time. Oh yeah, dude, it can just be a couple spreads, you know, on Amazon. You never know. Couple spreads, and then we're there, and then I can make as many day trades as I want. You're good though. You're good on you're good on this trade for sure. You know, you got earnings, and I think Thursday, what is it, Friday? They're coming out, so you know, you're getting a close up here. You should be able to exit tomorrow. Be good. Maybe we get a little bit of a more uh, of a pump. But yeah, like you were, we were saying in the beginning, right? These financials are strong. So I think. This yeah. Is- no, I, I I I tailed you on the American Express call. I'm looking at right now. I'm up eighty bucks, fifty fifty one percent. That's when I u- usually would be trimming right now, but I can't. Um, I'm more worried about my Tesla call that I opened today because. Oh uh, no. Yeah, but hey, you know, you never know. I could get lucky. Tesla could open up three percent tomorrow and then i'm 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 looking good but more than yeah. likely than not i'm going to be out of that uh you know premium that i paid for that contract but who knows you can also uh do we have time no we uh, do not no we don't up. 
Okay. All well, right. You can see. Never mind. You can well, you can sell. I was gonna say you can sell a call to hedge your 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 buy if you want. I don't know if I have enough premium in my Robinhood account to like it, or enough it'll capital. Just give you premium. You can do it right away. You don't need to buy anything. You don't need buying power. But you don't. Right, you don't I know need... you guys gotta go. All right. All right. <laughs> text, text me about it. I'll text you, Brett. Uh, thank right. you for coming on SimbaStocks.io. Links in the chat. Uh, follow Brett on Twitter, Instagram, everywhere. Uh, some killer options trades, Brett. Congratulations. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. All right. Uh, we got to end the stream here. And what a stream it was. Um, maybe. Well, what a day. Are you okay, Spencer? You seem a little down. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm st- I was slacking talking to so, so the Mooner Bus guys are like good. They're going live right now. So again, well, we they're live, two- but well, this is set to redirect to MJ. Right, it is. So Mooner Bust, if you're waiting for that, go to YouTube.com/slash Benzinga. Mooner Bus is going live. It's live now. We're going to redirect this to our cannabis special live from Vegas at MJ BizCon. Javier is talking to Terry Booth right now, the former CEO of um of uh, uh, um, Aurora, Aurora, holy cow, I was blanking there. Former CEO of Aurora, <laughs> now CEO of uh, Audacious. Uh, is it Aurora or Afria? I'll be honest with you, I don't remember. It's one of those. I'm Jeez, sorry, man. COVID's taking its toll. Holy on cow, you. wait, no, no, I, I'm gonna get this right. We're, we're gonna get this right. Terry Booth is the former because I can never get Aurora and, and Afria. It was Aurora, I was right the first time. He was the former CEO of Aurora and, and now he's CEO of Audacious brand. So, uh, this stream will end. And redirect to that. So that's a wrap. Hit the like button and um, let's all be nice to each other. You guys are, chat was wild today. So, we, Yelly, we, everybody we, love everybody. We appreciate you, seriously. And um, that that's a wrap, I guess. So, everyone stay green today. Please make some money. Stay green. We'll catch you guys uh, tomorrow. Same time, same place. Did you know nearly all stock price changes of 10% or more result from a single news headline? That's right. News headlines have a unique ability to drive stock prices up or down. These news catalysts create trading opportunities every day. All you need is a little help to reach out and take them. And if you're looking to grow your portfolio, it doesn't matter if your investment budget is small or big. An easy-to-read stream of news headlines will increase your opportunities to profit from price changes in the stock market, consolidate a knowledge-based investment strategy, and grow your portfolio. All you need is Benzinga Pro and its powerful news alerts, price tracking, and portfolio monitoring to make a positive change in your trading performance. We've already helped thousands of retail traders across the world, and they could not be happier. Increase your market knowledge, boost your exposure to big movers, and make informed trades before major price changes. The opportunities are all around you. Subscribe now, and we'll skyrocket your portfolio today.